Welcome to Insight, the insurance news podcast hosted by me, Andrew Silcox. This week's edition of Insight is brought to you by our new sponsor, Garfield. So fur, so good for 2023, or is it a catastrophe? Some would describe AIG's half-yearly report as catatonic. Not us, but one analyst was heard to say, stop stressing me out. The New Zealand floods are all about the relevant catchment, but we're interested in the government's catitude in its meetings with insurers. And we're not pussyfooting around. It's not a good feline for insurtechs, according to a recent report. Hello, everyone. I'm joined by senior journalist Miranda Maxwell, deputy editor Wendy Pugh, editor John Deeks, and chairman Terry McMullen. A perfect lineup, I'd wager. G'day, Terry. Good morning. What was that all about? Are you a cat or a dog person? That's really what it comes down to. I'm definitely a dog person. <laughs> Good morning, Miranda. Good morning, Andrew. What about you? Cat or dog person? Definitely dog. I'm attached to my dog. Inseparable. Hello, John. Hello. You must be a cat person. It's kitten all over your face. <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. I prefer dogs. At least you can control them. Cats are always killing Australia's native mammals, aren't they? Yes. On Hello, Wendy. Good morning, Andrew. As the cultured one of the group, are you a fan of F. Scott Fitzgerald? Oh, I'm not a huge fan, really. No. <laughs> have you read The Great Catsby? <laughs> I, I have read it, yes. Excellent. Well, perhaps on to some more serious questions. So, Wendy, IAG previewed their half-yearly results last week, and the response from analysts and commentators wasn't great. What's everyone worried about? Yes. Well, they actually release their half-year results uh, next Monday, but they've, they've given a bit of a preview because they, they wanted to provide a preliminary update following the Auckland floods. So after reinsurance, the floods are going to cost uh, $236 million, which means they're going to have to raise their natural perils cost estimate for the financial year. And, and this comes after they've already increased their perils allowance by quite a lot over the last couple of years because of all the catastrophes that we've had. So the impact of the floods, uh, reinsurance costs and inflation uh, also means they've had to reduce their guidance for the, for the full year insurance margin. So they've lowered that to, to 10%. Uh, compared to their previous view of 14 to 16%. They've also upgraded their forecast for premium growth uh, to 10% because they're, they're putting through rate increases, obviously, to, to combat this rising cost environment. But it's, you know, it's a difficult set of circumstances. Well, these issues won't be unique to just IAG, though, will they, Terry? No, they're certainly not. Uh, no, I think Nick Hawkins has, has made it pretty clear that inflation and rising reinsurance costs are, are a global problem. Uh, and right here in our own little world, they certainly are going to affect everybody. The, the trouble for us here in Australia and New Zealand is, is that so much of the natural catastrophe risk is supported by reinsurance. And as that cost rises, of course, premiums do too. And while it's true that every insurer is going to be repricing their risks, the bigger you are, the more property risk you carry. And that's mainly where the pain's being caused. So there were some subtle hints, I thought, in Nick Hawkins' statement yesterday related to the so-called secondary perils like flood. The market can't relax anymore behind a, a wall of reinsurance because the reinsurers have done it tough over the past few years as a result of large-scale catastrophes, and the cost on their, of, of their capital has risen quite sharply as well. Hawkins says it's now better to retain some of the risks rather than paying 80 or 90 cents in the dollar for lower layer 
covers. So that means weather-related risks in particular are going to have to be reassessed. And some of the oldies who ran the industry 15 to 20 years ago will, will be crowing, we told you flood wasn't insurable. Well, it, it is insurable, but the price is going to be very high. Well, IAG also mentioned the impact of the uh, Auckland floods. Miranda, what's the latest out of New Zealand? Yes, New Zealand's really bracing for the cost of that Auckland flood. It's going to be the biggest weather claim event the country's ever seen. Already there's about 20,000 claims lodged and the Insurance Council still calculating them all and tallying them up and says it it's going to take till March before it really has a dollar figure. But there's already been some multi-million dollar claims and some estimates have put the cost at about $900 million. It's going to take about a year to resolve all these claims or possibly even into multiple years. Uh, so New Zealand's no stranger to floods, but this one is really the first one that struck such a major populated area. In the past, the floods have only come to about $100 million in insured losses. This one's really going to dwarf those events and replacing machinery and getting businesses back up and running is going to be harder because of all these supply chain issues the world's been having. One of the big casualties is IAG, as Wendy said, its share price has been hit to the tune of about 7%. And there's also an investigation into the response to the floods on the ground. And Auckland Mayor Wayne Brown has admitted that the flood was well beyond what emergency teams had planned for. So it's not on the scale of earthquake, but it's going to affect flood premiums in future, you would expect. Well, I listen to this podcast at night to help me sleep. And um, I think as you said, Terry, last week, where catastrophes fall can be more important than their intensity. Yeah, well, it, it's true. I'm, I'm always, <laughs> thank you, Andrew, for your reassuring words. I'll step it up a little and I'll talk faster. How's that? Um, you know, insurance is a little bit like real estate. It's all location, location, location. Um, bad luck for the Kiwis that the rain hit on that skinny little bit where, where Auckland is. I mean, it could have hit five miles east or five miles west. It probably wouldn't have even done anything. Um, the same goes for risks like cyclone or earthquake, of course. There's a lot of empty places in Australia anyway for extreme natural events to do their worst. So damage only becomes an insurance issue when a population centre or something that's equally large and expensive gets in the way. Well, also, the government has held crunch meeting with insurers. Wendy... What do you think was discussed? They haven't been very specific about what they've discussed at this meeting, but the uh, the government last year announced the creation of this Hazards Insurance Partnership, um, which is going to hold regular meetings involving um, the ICA, insurers and government um, ministers and officials. So this first meeting was held in Brisbane last week, and this sits alongside the commitment to provide $200 million a year in mitigation funding, and insurers hold all this data about risks and where prices are the most expensive so I guess about, it's all about really, you know, just working more closely to ensure money is, is spent effectively and, and whatever other programs and actions are taken are, are targeted to achieve the greatest benefits um, for consumers at the end of the day when it comes to um, insurance availability and affordability. Well, while we're speculating, John, two questions for you. 
do you think they asked whether or not they were cat or dog people? No, probably not. Okay. And what do you think then the uh, flood pool idea got to mention? Yeah, well, I would have thought so. I mean, as Wendy says, uh, everyone's a bit tight-lipped about exactly what was discussed. The government ministers and uh, the ICA have been very quick to publicise the fact that there was a meeting and post pictures of everyone at the meeting, but they don't really want to talk about exactly what was discussed. So we can only assume that it's really anything and everything that might help with the insurance affordability issue. And when you think about affordability, I mean, none of us like premiums going up, but most people who don't live in high risk locations, it's an inconvenience rather than the end of the world. But if you're a high flood risk facing a premium of 30,000 a year or something, that's a major problem. And so if you really want to deal with the affordability issue, you've got to, you've got to help those people at the sharp end. And how do you do it? I guess there's state government schemes that, that are looking to move people out of harm's way and, retrofit properties to lift them off the ground and so on but i don't think you can do that for everyone so we come back to this flood pool idea which a lot of the industry as we know doesn't doesn't really support but some alliances one say well what else are you going to do it's it's really the only option so yeah it, it it'll be fascinating to see what happens at the next meeting maybe they'll actually get down to the nitty-gritty and we'll find out what they're talking about now, in other news, uh, InsureTech has been making big promises for years, Miranda, but a recent report suggests all is not well. No, all is not well. Gallagher-Ree puts out an InsureTech report every year, and the latest one shows investment halved last year to about $11 billion in local dollars. That was the first year-on-year -year decline since 2016, and it was mainly because there were just very few of the big mega-round funding that um, dropped by $6 billion US dollars. So investors have just become a bit gun-shy, bit of a case of Insutex finding out insurance isn't as easy as it looks, and that you might have great technology, but you still need reinsurers to back you and you have to get your underwriting in place. Some of the language in the report is quite harsh. It it's really worth having a look. There's a link in the story we put out yesterday. The global head of Insutech, Andrew Johnston, says a lot of startups didn't do their homework, didn't understand the industry. There was a lot of hype, a lot of promises, and some of them just hired staff as window dressing to boost their valuations, and now they're letting them go. And just they basically never delivered on all these promises of the last few years. So, you know, he says technology will still play a huge role in insurance, but that this whole narrative around disruption is truly over. And the number of Insutex has dropped by about a thousand or about a third to just over 2,000 now globally. And reinsurers just feel they're simply a risk not worth taking. So it's, it's, it's rough. Yeah. Rough report. InsureTech is dead. John, discuss. No, I don't think it is. I mean, these are the general trends, obviously, that Miranda's reporting on, but that doesn't mean there haven't been a few major successes as well. I mean, when you think about Cover Genius, a local InsureTech, and, and others like it, there, there, there are some that have made a real breakthrough. There's def definitely been a change in tone, hasn't there, over the last few years from InsureTech saying they're going to disrupt the industry to a, a much more collaborative approach whereby they're working with insurers and not trying to put them out of business. So, yeah, I think this report does show that it's not 
as easy as maybe we thought it might be a few years back. But I remember a lot of people were sort of using the the the, the cliche. They're looking for the to be the Uber of insurance. You know, that game changing idea. I don't think we've really had that yet. So it's not impossible though. I mean, someone may come up with something. They do say that insurance is a bit behind the times and ripe for innovation and all the rest of it. So I imagine these insure techs will keep popping up, will keep trying to grow and come up with these game-changing ideas, but they'll probably be working more closely with the, the, the sort of traditional industry than they previously thought they would. Well, finally, John, can you tell us about the rather interesting results of our recent broker opinion survey. Uh, yes. So uh, we decided this year for the first time to uh, put out a survey to all our broker readers, of which there are there are many. We asked we asked about all manner of things, specifically how insurers uh, perform on claims service, uh, how they do with communication, and 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 what their attitude is to complex risks and more than 200 brokers filled in the survey and and their comments were were very honest and 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 clear uh, we did give them the opportunity to speak anonymously so they perhaps felt that they could say what they really thought the results we we've given a, a taster of the results in uh, the newsletter this week and they weren't great so rating claims service in the wake of recent natural catastrophes 40% said it was poor, 41% said it was average. So that leaves only sort of 8% for good and 8% for very good and just 1.4% for excellent. When it came to communication, it was equally uh, struggling with 30% rating it as poor and 45% average and only 15% good. The worst of all was insurer's attitude to complex risks, which I guess is not Totally, uh, totally uh, surprised given the, the current hard market. But uh, yes, sixty-eight percent of broker respondents rated insurers' appetite for complex risks as poor. Twenty-five percent average, four percent good, and, and just under two percent very good. Uh, is there not an option for pathetic? Said one broker. But uh, yeah, insurer systems were 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 rated a bit higher. So um, only fourteen percent said insurer systems were poor. 47% average uh, and 22% good, 15% very good. So that that scored a bit a bit higher. So yeah, it's fascinating reading. Go on the other the website and have a look. Um, we're going to run the full results in our magazine, which will be published uh, shortly. I mean, we don't want to just be bashing insurers. Obviously, we we do know the challenges they faced with the huge volumes of claims and all the other challenges so a lot of brokers do understand that but uh, nevertheless it, it is very interesting reading insurers are dead terry discuss <laughs> <laughs> no i think it's important to put some of these views in context of the challenges insurers are facing though uh, terry isn't it well i've been in this industry for far too long and i've i've been through you know, i've there's a lot of disasters and, and things happen in this industry and a, and a lot of challenges. I don't think insurers would have been surprised in the least or, or will be surprised by the survey results. They'll be disappointed. But, you know, we, we took a risk with our surveys this year and for insurance news. We really decided to allow anonymous comments where they obviously weren't just trolling or, you know, bitching for no particular reason a lot of brokers a lot 
are complaining about lack of service and lack of cover for non-vanilla risks. And we published this, the survey results without embellishment because this is a discussion that needs to be had. Maybe there has to be a reset of expectations by, by brokers because really the environment in which we're all working at the moment is very, very different. But look, at least it's out there now and everybody can start talking about it. There's a lot to be done to, to fix this problem. Well, that brings us to the end of this week's Insight podcast by Insurance News. Thank you once again to our panel, John Deeks, Miranda Maxwell, Wendy Pugh and Terry McMullen. Enjoy your week and thank you all for listening. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at editor at insurancenews.com.au. We value your input. You can read all these stories and many others at your leisure at insurancenews.com.au. You can subscribe to the Insight podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google, on all your favorite podcast platforms now. We look forward to catching up again next week.